0: I can read the Bible every day. I almost said stinking day, but I'm not going to... Every day. And I can pray over and over in all the right words, and I can still end my day completely powerless. Why? Because I'm seeking after that stuff instead of Him. Begin with verse 4, please. Ephesians two four says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice that that word is raised. Raised. He has raised. For you English majors. That's past tense. He has raised you. Has raised us. He's not raising us into heavenly places. It's not a process. It's not a process that you have to go through or that you have to qualify for or that you have to do in your own strength. He has raised you. You're there. You're there. You're not trying to make it there. You're not trying to qualify to get there. You're not trying to earn your way there. He has raised you and seated you has raised and seated you in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We're there. By how? By how hard you work? No. By how good you are? No. By how how much you give? No. By how much you witness? No. It's by grace, His grace, His ability, His power, His strength through you. He raised us up, verse 6, and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The whole reason He did it, the whole reason He died on that cross, the whole reason He did everything that He did was to raise you up and to seat you with Christ and not just to get you there, but then for the rest of eternity to show His grace through you. Your life is, I'm going to say it again, your life is an example of God's grace to this earth. Now don't think it's, it's, it's an example of God's grace that he's trying to show you, but you keep messing it up. It's not what it is. It is his grace through you. He is giving you grace How hard do you have to work to stay in His grace? You don't have to work. You're just in His grace. He has seated you. And last week we talked about how that grace, we're going to, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that faith, remember we talked about that weeks ago, months ago? That faith is you just trust Him. You're just, you just first of all trust him that what he said is true. It just he said it. He said by grace you have been saved through faith. You just trust him that he saved you by grace. You don't have to worry about it. If you died right now, if you're if you're born again, if you're born again and and you died right this second, guess where you would be with him? Because the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Death does not have a victory anymore. It doesn't sting anymore. If someone dies, okay. We we were watching a show last night. Doesn't matter which one it was. And, And the very first scene of the movie... Uh, you know, this person gets killed. I'm sorry. I watch those kind of shows sometimes. <laughs> this person gets I mean, they're just walking down the road and then poof, they're dead. And I went, wow. I just, out loud, I just, I just you know, Debbie and I are watching it and I and I just said, wow, that'd ruin your day. And all, But all of a sudden she goes, or it'd make your day. <laughs> <laughs> it's all perspective, isn't it? Whether I'm absent from the body or you know, here or with the Lord, man, I, I win. I win because I get to live this life, and I, I win when I when I pass away. Death is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Why? Because I believe what he says. Because I believe it. Because, we, because you believe it. Now, if you're not born again, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior. If you have not received that free gift of salvation, you could do that right now. Right now. Don't wait till the end of the service. Don't wait for the altar call. Because there probably won't be one at the end of the service. Not for that anyway. You, you don't have to wait till the music starts and the pastor's voice lowers down and becomes more somber and gives you an invitation. No, you, you, can, just, you can just receive Him. I've told this story way too many times, but it's just, it, it perfectly ex- exemplifies what I'm talking about. A friend of mine got saved in a ditch after his friends rolled him out of the car having a drug, overdue, a drug overdose. He's laying in the ditch dying, and he said, Jesus, yes. And God gloriously saved him. He now travels the world and preaches the gospel. Jesus, yes, that's all you got to do. That's it. it. actually doesn't even it doesn't even take that much. I mean you have to say it, but you don't have to say it that way, Lord, I receive you. I receive you. You don't have to wait for me to lead you in it. You just decide in your heart, you believe it in your heart, and you confess it with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you will be you are saved from that moment on. Well, what if I'm not good enough? You're not good enough. That's the whole point of grace. The grace is you don't have to do anything, not a thing. He did it. And you just believe in what He did. And you, you believe it in your heart. You confess it with your mouth. When, when you have opportunity, you tell somebody, oh, Yeah, I got saved. Jesus saved me, save me from my sins. But then he adds on to that grace upon grace. We talked about that last week, where it's, but wait, there's more. It's just not salvation. It's it's salvation is, is so full of life, it's all of it. And like we said last week, you know, I don't want any more than what Jesus died on the cross for me for, but I don't want any less either. I want everything that he did. Free gift, free gift of salvation. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. So that no one may boast. Last week I quoted this, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> found this quote it says, Great danger lurks. When people assume they're so bad, they've outsinned the grace of God. Great danger lurks in if someone thinks, I've, I've been too bad to receive his salvation. Man, that's dangerous because, because then you'll, that you've disqualified yourself. Then you're no longer believing what he did. You believe there's something you have to do. I've heard this from, from a few different preachers. It's not my own thought. It's not my own words. And, and they say, you know, if you have to do, if you're believing on what Jesus did and what you're doing, it's no longer the grace of God. If you're believing that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, Jesus Christ died, he was, he was whipped for your diseases. If he, if he did everything he needed to do, but I have to be good, you're disqualifying yourself. Because it's not Jesus and. That's a powerful thought. Because we do that. Even a little bit. Even a little bit we go, well, it's, it's Jesus and I have to read my Bible every day. Or it's Jesus and I have to, to, to pray. Because if I don't pray every day, then then some, you know, He's not going to help me. No, it's Jesus. Jesus only. Amen? Amen. The other side of that, the flip side, which I'm sure we're not going to deal with here today, is they're so good they they out virtued their need for him. That's not true either. We know that. We talked about what grace is. Grace, and we gave you a, a little bit different uh definition than God's unmerited favor. Charis, the the Greek word caris is goodwill, loving kindness, favor of the merciful kindness by which God, exerting His holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps them, strengthens them, increases them, and in faith, Christian faith, knowledge, and affection, and kindles them to the exercise of the Christian virtues. So when He saves you, He doesn't just save you, He, He keeps you. He keeps you. Well, what if I, what if I in 20 years do something horribly wrong? That doesn't matter. It says that he keeps you. Jesus told his disciples, he says, he says, not one. I'm not going to lose one. He's not going to lose you by accident. Oh, shoot, where'd they go? He keeps you. Now, we try to stray sometimes, don't we, Jim? Sometimes we try to stray. Good to it is good to repent. Amen. But He keeps us. You're not too far. You're not too far. If you think you're too far for the grace of God, you're wrong. If you think you've out God, if you think you're too far, you're wrong. Because the Bible's not wrong and it says that He keeps you. If your heart is to to turn back to Him, He's that, that father looking off into the distance for his prodigal son or daughter, and He's running to you when He sees you returning. Running to you. You cannot. You will not outrun God. Man, I was... I was, I was running from God, man. I was running from God. I was in my early 20s and I was running as hard as I could away from God. I'm at a concert out in Red Rocks, Colorado. Anybody ever been to the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado? I'm sitting on one of the Red Rocks and it was the, it was in between. It was the middle of the concert and there was, and I'm sitting there enjoying all the stuff that's going on and, All of a sudden, I hear this still, small voice. John, who are you running from? You can't outrun me. Scared the living daylights out of me. Because I knew who it was. It wasn't an audible voice. It was was still a, a, a still, small voice in me. But it was so clear. John, who are you trying to run from? You can't outrun me. Well, I took off again, you know, thinking maybe I could. But months later, he caught me again. He was always there. He's, he's, always, he's always like out there in front of you. Because he's ever he just he's not leaving you alone. He loved me so much. He gave he went beyond what I would have ever hoped out or asked. He loves us. Grace. He keeps us. He strengthens us. How do you get stronger in your Christian walk? Grace. It's by grace. You know, if I read 400 verses a day, and, and, I, and I pray for three hours every day, and I and I... How do you get stronger? God, I need your strength. The Bible says that he who waits on the Lord shall renew their strength if you're feeling weak maybe it's cuz you're trying too hard maybe maybe you need to wait on him now am i saying you don't have to read the bible of course not we're doing a one year read through the bible we do it every year have done it for almost two decades now i don't know how long it's been forever of course we read the, of course i encourage you to pray pray without ceasing but it's not because of those things that you're strengthened It's as you do them in His presence, you're strengthened. It's grace. I can read the Bible every day. I almost said stinking day, but I'm not going to. Every day. And I can pray over and over in all the right words, and I can still end my day completely powerless. Why? Because I'm seeking after that stuff instead of Him. When I seek after Him... I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. I don't exalt Bible reading. I don't exalt prayer. I, don't exalt, I exalt Thee. And when we rest in that, when we rest in Him, rest. <laughs> when we wait on Him, we're strengthened. That's how this works. Grace. Grace. Grace it's backwards from the way the world thinks it is of course it is it's backwards of the way the world thinks you have to do something he keeps he strengthens and he increases them in christian faith god is going to is in the process of increasing you Growing. Well, I don't feel like I'm growing. Some days I feel like I shrunk spiritually. No, He's increasing you. You can't tell it right now. How many of you, you know, you, you see your, your nephew uh, when he was born, you see your nephew five years later at, a, at a, a family gathering, and you see him ten years later, and you're going, whoa, look at the growth in that kid. Boy, he's growing up. But I can tell you every single day he got up going, I'm so puny. I'm not growing very fast. You're in it every day. You don't see it. But we see it. I see it. Others see it. He increases you. by. How does he increase you? By grace. It's by grace. He does it through you. Then we talked about what we're saved by grace. We're saved. Salvation. Sozo. To keep, or to save, to keep safe and sound. To rescue from danger or destruction. Uh, or one, from one from injury or peril. To save a suffering one. One suffering from disease. To make well. To heal. To restore to health. That is what salvation. Salvation doesn't just mean you're forgiven of your sins. It means he is saving all of you all the time. He has saved you. He has saved you. We're going to hit those verses today. I'm going to show you how the, the verses from the Old Testament to the New Testament that is talking about he has healed you. And it's not just one. The Bible says that every every uh, uh, thought, every, every truth should be supported by two or three witnesses. I'm going to give you three verses, three sections of verses that says, Old Testament and two in the New Testament, that you are, you have been healed. You're not being healed, you are healed. Well, wait a second, I still itch. I still limp, I still cough, I still, I still, I still, okay, those are symptoms. Well, isn't that sickness? No, because we keep our eyes on what is not seen, and what is not seen is more real than what is seen. So he, if He has healed you in the Spirit, you are healed, you just need to get that from the Spirit into the natural. And how do you do that? by faith by faith are you saved how do i how do i how do i have faith you believe what he said just believe what he said he said you're healed i don't feel healed well tell your feelings to feel healed well i still limp yeah well tell your leg to knock it off Tell the muscles to quit doing that. Tell your liver to quit doing that. Tell your brain to quit doing that. Start. You take authority. You're the battleground. God's Word is saying you're healed. The world, the Satan, and the flesh is trying to tell you you're not healed. Well, you have to decide who's telling you the truth. That's the same old thing from the garden until now. You're dealing with the same battle that Adam and Eve dealt with when 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 the when the when the snake said to, to Eve, did God really say? So when you're when you're battling whatever that is in the physical, you have to decide: Did God really say? Praise God, it's written down for us. Praise God, there's a written record of it. Yes, Do you, that's not that cool. That's why Jesus in the, in the 40 days in the desert said, It is written. He didn't say, Well, I feel, I don't feel hungry. Well, that's a lie. He had been, he had been 40 days in the desert with no food. So the devil goes, Hey, make, make yourself some bread. If you're the Son of God, make yourself some bread. And Jesus said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written. It is written. All three times, it is written. Worship, do not worship anyone but the Lord. It is written. Go to the Word. What does the Word say? Jesus believed the Word. He believed the Word that said, I will not let my Holy One see decay. When he was headed towards the cross and he knew what was about to happen, he knew was not only what was going to happen at the cross, he knew what was beyond the cross 3 days later. He knew what was coming and he believed that instead of what he saw right in front of him. And for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew he wasn't looking at the nails. He wasn't looking at the the whip. He wasn't looking at the crown of thorns. He was looking beyond that to the stone being rolled away and him walking out. Because he knew who he was, and he knew, and and and, and I'm sure, I'm sure the devil is going, I'm killing you, you're dead, you're going to be mine now. You're going to be in hell because you got sin all over you. You took on that sin. Now I got you. Now you're mine, and he and Satan is just lying to him. It says he was in anguish, but for the joy set before him, he endured. He went. He endured. Huo omino. For those of you who love when I say that, huo omino. It's a Greek word that means endured, but it doesn't just mean endured, it means you just you take that thing on. Hoopo means you go through that thing. Linemen, linemen, football players, I'm speaking to you here. If you didn't have a coach that said go right through him, then you didn't have a good coach. You're looking at that foot guy across. I mean, when I okay, I I, I mean I'm a big guy, okay. But I, I've had guys across me that had facial hair when I was in ninth grade. I'm looking at him, going, I don't think you're a ninth grader. I just don't, I don't think that this, You know, oh gosh, he's huge. My goodness. But that doesn't matter. You keep your legs moving. You do the right technique. You don't quit. You don't stop. You you can go right through that guy. Hupo you for for the joy set before him, he saw what the cross was. He saw what it was going to do to him. He saw it. He goes, I don't care what that thing is. I'm looking at the, the 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 prize set before me. That prize is you. Relationship with you. Grace upon grace to you forever and ever and ever. Wow. He looked at twenty four hours of pain and suffering and loss and, and, and uh, humiliation. He looked at 24 hours. He looked at one day of suffering and said, eternity is far more important than that one thing. I'm going in. But that's the same determination that you need to look at what you're going through right now doesn't matter what your body's trying it doesn't matter what the finances are saying it doesn't matter what that says because the word of god has all the promises that say you can go through that thing and you win as long as you don't shrink back as long as how do you shrink back you believe the devil. It means to preserve one who is in danger of destruction or to save or rescue. To save in the technical, biblical sense means by grace you are rescued from danger. By grace you are rescued from injury or peril. By grace you are rescued from perishing. By grace you are rescued from suffering from disease. By grace you are healed. By grace you are restored to health. By grace you are preserved from destruction. By grace you are saved or rescued. That's where we ended up last week. And then I asked you a question and then I closed out the service. But what if it seems like it's taking too long? Every one of us if you've walked this out, unless unless you know, I, there are some small cases when there's somebody who is like really new in the faith, because when I when I came back to God, when I'm in, I'm like I'm in. That's it. I'm I'm ready. I'm I I am gonna do this a hundred percent, and I have ever since. I mean, you know, hundred as much as I can. I'm in this. I'm going forward. It seemed like I could pray for something, and the answer would hit boom immediately i saw more instantaneous healings in that first year than i've seen on average since then there's things that would i would pray for and it would just it would manifest i mean almost like almost instantaneously and i'm like wow this is so amazing but then it seems like the longer i've walked with god there are times where things take a long time and that could be frustrating. It can be very frustrating. It could even be debilitating where you just finally give up and go, well, I guess this isn't for me. And then you start hearing somebody say, well, healing isn't for today. God doesn't heal everybody. Sometimes He heals you when you die. No, when you die, you die. That's <laughs> kind of the way it works. Healing is for today. I don't need healing in heaven. In heaven, there's no pain. There's no suffering. I don't need healing. I I need His healing here because I'm fighting a battle and in a battle, sometimes you get wounded. Sometimes you take one. You take a shot. Sometimes you get hit. The great philosopher. Oh, shoot, I can't think of his name. What was I going to say? Mike Tyson. Tyson. Yes, thank you. It was going to be so much funnier if I would have just flowed right out of me, but it didn't. The great philosopher Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. That's reality. We live in a real world, the physical world. And stuff happens. But you've got to believe the Word over what you're seeing. What you're hearing, what you're thinking. What, unless you're thinking on the Word of God, if, if, you're, if you're thinking... I mean, I've heard, I've heard so many testimonies of people who were healed of incurable diseases that said they were sitting there in their, their sick bed thinking about their funeral. I wonder who will come to my funeral. Oh, I hope they, I hope they say nice things about me. I've heard, I've heard people give these testimonies. Uh, uh, Kenneth Hagan was one of them. Kenneth Hagan said as a 17 17 year old boy, 19 year old boy, he was laying in his, in his deathbed. He was dying. He actually did die a couple of times and came back to life, was restored back to life, but he's laying there dying. He says one of the things that he was thinking about was his funeral. He was thinking about how planning his funeral. And when he got a revelation of healing, one of the things that God spoke to him immediately is, stop doing that. Think about being well. Think about going out and being outside and working and playing. And think about these things. Don't think about your next Procedure or how, how long it's going to be and how bad it's going to be and how many stitches you're going to get. And we, we get into that, don't we? I can tell I'm getting old because I have coffee and hang out with people sometimes and we start talking about aches and pains. What the heck is up with that? That ain't faith talk. Oh, yeah, my, my shoulder hurts too. What medication are you on? <laughs> really? It's so easy to fall into. Instead, yes, I have a, my my, sh- my shoulder doesn't ache. So, but oh, my shoulder aches. But by Jesus stripes, I am healed. That's what needs to That's what you think about that. That he fully restored. If he can make a a guy with a withered arm grow an arm, he can heal your shoulder. If he can restore blind eyes to a man who was born blind, he can heal your eyes. He has healed your eyes. But I've, I've asked him to heal. Stop asking him to heal. He has healed you. Tell your eyes to be healed. And how's he going to heal you? If I, if I read enough and I, if, I, if I pray enough and if I'm good enough. As long as I'm good enough, oh shoot, I, I failed yesterday. I, I can see why I'm not healed. That has nothing to do with it. By grace, you have salvation. It's not your own works lest any man should boast. What we don't need, and we'll never hear it, but if you you do hear it, somebody's lying to you. God healed me because I I didn't sin for a whole month. I was so good this month. I can see why God healed me. Really? Number one, you're lying about not sinning for a month. I'm just going to be honest with you. by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Amen? All right, turn with me to 1 John 4. What if it's taken too long? What if it's taken too long? What if it's take, What if you haven't seen it yet? What if, and you notice what I'm saying, what if you haven't seen it yet? What, what? 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 I. You have to be very careful to not say, well, well. What if it never happens? It's then it won't happen. You can't think that way. We can't believe that way. We have to believe what the Word says, and that what He has put down in His Word is true, more true than what you think or what others think. 1 John 4 4 says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Everything that's happening around you. And I didn't read that one in context. I can tell you the context. He's talking about evil spirits. They were talking about discerning of spirits, determining determining whether someone was from God or not from God. And he says, he goes, and they're talking about uh, uh, whoever says Jesus is Lord can't be, you know, can't can't not be from God. You, you can't say Jesus is Lord of my life and and be and be a, uh, a heathen. It's not about saying the words. It's about the heart. They can't say Jesus is my Lord if they're a heathen. They can't because they're not. You could, their life shows it. Their fruit shows it. So he's saying discern the spirits, and he, because they're all worried that about these people who are in their midst who aren't who aren't exhibiting uh, godly behavior, godly lives, and they're trying to determine who's in and who's out. And he says it doesn't matter because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I've heard many times that you know I'm not going to tell somebody I don't feel well because I don't want them speaking words of doubt into my life or if they're going to pray a certain way that that isn't full of faith or whatever. And my first thought that every time I hear that I just my first thought is greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. So it doesn't matter what the other person say. I don't I don't care if somebody else goes well, I'll just pray that you die nicely. I just pray that you die with grace. I've heard that before. I've heard people pray that stuff before. I don't care if they say that to me because greater is he who's in me. You're not nullifying my prayers. There's not a person in this world who can nullify my prayer. Why? Because my prayer is not to you or for any, for anybody. It's, it's it's I'm just speaking what he's speaking. Greater is he who's in us. Greater is he who's in us than anything that could ever attack you. Anything that could ever attack you. Greater is he who's in me than sickness. Greater is he who's in me than poverty. Greater is he who's in me than loneliness. Greater is he who is in me than rejection. Greater is he who is in me than any of those stuff. I I am not affected by what other people Think of me. I don't like it. If somebody tells me I'm a you know, whatever. I, my first thought is, well, good luck. Because I'm still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know who I am. But do you believe it? Greater is he who's in me. Now over to 1 Peter. Here, I told you I was gonna give you some verses and These are the, the verses I was talking about. First Peter 2.19. I am going to read these quickly in context so that you know that I'm not just pulling them out of thin air. First Peter 2.19 says, For this is a gracious thing, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? but if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. Endure. Hupomino. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in His steps. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in His mouth. When He was reviled... He did not revile in return. When He suffered, He did not threaten, but continued entrusting Himself to Him who judges justly. Then we get to the verse I wanted to say. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree. He Himself bore our sins. He's already done it. It's a done deal. He bore our sins. He doesn't have to bear one more because you screw up tomorrow. He has already bore every sin. I heard a theologian say this week, and I'm glad he wasn't in the same room because I'd have to tell him he's wrong. He said, He says, he goes, Jesus has already bore every sin every Christian can ever sin. And I was going to tell him, You're wrong. Jesus has bore every sin that everyone has ever committed from the beginning of the earth through the end. Every person, every person, every sin he has he has bore every one of your sins, has bore, he's already done it. you don't have to go shoot, I just did up a new one. Jesus, I'm so sorry, you gotta die for me again. you don't he's done it, every sin he has bore that we might die to sin through Him and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. Oh, by the way, you get His righteousness, you get His life, you get everything. Oh, and by the way, by His stripes you have been healed. Well, yeah, but I have a cold. (laughs) Okay, we live in a sinful world where stuff happens but you don't have to you don't have to go well i'll just have to suffer with this cold or i'll just have to suffer with this bronchitis or i'll just have to suffer with this covid or i'll just have to suffer with this by his stripes you have been healed you can change the way you think you believe what he says and go okay i'm suffering these symptoms right now but i'm healed this is not going to kill me this is not going to slow me down this is not going to deter me this is not i am going to live by faith i'm going to accept the grace of what he did and i'm going to live by faith and i'm going to live like a healed man you have no idea how many times in my life i've had to say you're healed john get up get up a healed man doesn't lay in that bed any longer a healed man does a healed man goes to work a healed man does this. A healed person, get up and go. Jesus told lame people, get up. Oh, that's so insensitive. They can't get up. Well, they they can't if, he, if they don't trust Him. But what did they do? He said, get up. They trusted Him and they got up. Go over to Isaiah. Here's the Old Testament verse. Isaiah 53.1 isaiah fifty three one who has believed what he has heard from us? <laughs> this is the Holy Spirit, this is God speaking through Isaiah, and what does he say? Has anybody believed what we're talking about here? I can say that to you this morning. Who here has believed what we're talking about today? That's a real question, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed for he talking about jesus, he's talking about the Messiah. Uh, but through prophecy, Jesus hadn't lived yet, but he's talking as though he did. For he grew up. Look at the words in this. This is powerful. He didn't say, for he will grow up. By faith, Isaiah already had it. By faith, Isaiah already believed it. Hebrews, when it's going through the people of faith, it says they hadn't seen it in the natural, but they believed they had it. They believed in the Messiah. It even says that Moses believed in the Christ. Why? Because they're living by faith. Which is harder to live by faith when you haven't seen it yet or when you've already got it and you've already seen some of it and still having to look back? It was harder for them because it hadn't happened yet in the natural. Kind of like healing, isn't it? tricked you, got you there. Which is harder to believe when you haven't seen it yet, but you know it's coming or you know it's possible, or when you've already got it. The Bible says it's no longer faith if you've already got it. Oh, this is good stuff. For he grew up before them like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground, he had no form or majesty that we should look at Him and no beauty that we should desire Him. He was, dis- He was, he was. this is all in past tense. Isaiah is speaking in the Spirit and in, as far as God was concerned, it had already happened. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he who bore, who has born, who has born, who has born. Man, this is all in the past tense. And this is Isaiah thousands of years before Jesus did it, or a thousand years before Jesus did it. It is He's acting as though it's a done deal. It's already happened. He's not speaking out of his own mind. He's speaking by faith. It's okay to speak by faith. It's okay to say, I don't limp anymore. Even though I limp. It's okay to say, my heart is healed. 100%. I, my, heart, my heart is a like an 18-year-old. Even though you just walked out of the doctor's office and the doctor said, yeah, you got heart disease, man. Don't look good. Get your life in order. You can walk out of that office and go, I am healed. Well, what, but you're not yet. You are. They if if they can talk, if, if it's allowable by faith to, to, to speak these words a thousand years before it happened, it's okay for me to speak as my body is just as healed as as, as it when we see the manifestation. I am healed. You are healed. The only thing that will steal that healing away from you is if the devil convinces you, you don't have it. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed For our iniquities, upon him was the chastisement. He doesn't break character here. I mean, read those words. He doesn't break character. It is the he is speaking as though it's already done. I can't drive. I need to drive that home because we get. I've had so many people say, "Well, I can't say I'm healed until I see it." That would be lying. No, by faith. We're not working by the same rules anymore. By faith. In the spirit, you are healed. You, and it's just not healing, it's everything. You are provided for. You have the money you need. Don't hold back your plans because you don't think you have the money. Step out in faith. If God's telling you to go, you go. If He tells you to do something, you do it. You don't wait until you have everything in hand. You start moving forward. You keep moving and you do it by faith as though it already happened. That's not lying. That's faith. what's lying, in case you're wondering, is, well, I don't have any pain i'm not Pastor Dan tells a great story. I love Pastor Dan who's founded this church. He told the story one time he he got called to a guy who's been sick, he had the flu, really bad flu. Pastor Dan walked in. He's on his he's on the bed, man. He's oh, he's just ashen white. He doesn't. And Pastor Dan goes, "Hey, man, I'm here to pray for you. How are you doing? I'm healed, man." And Pastor Dan goes, "Amen." He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, "Yeah, but but you know, I'm not, I'm not sick. I'm not I'm not sick. I I don't throw up." And he threw up right in front of him. <laughs> Pastor Dan goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You got this wrong, man. You're throwing up. That's the real. That's real. Okay, don't you? It's not." calling those things that are as though they are not. Right? For those of you who are going back into your memory, the verse is actually, call those things that are not as though they are. That's faith. It's not calling those things that are as though they are not. I'm not hurt. I don't have a bad ankle. I don't have a whatever. The the doctor the doctor does, you know the the doctor said I have cancer. Uh, uh, I don't have any symptoms. Well, if you're dealing with the symptoms, you're dealing with the symptoms. What you say? You don't say I don't. It's you're saying I have. I am healed. I have life. I speak life. Body, come in line with the word of God. That pain that I'm feeling right now, come in line with, with the word of God. Says I am healed. That's what the Word says. I can say that. We'll talk about more of that later. Verse 5. But He was pierced for our transgression. Remember Old Testament again. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with His wounds we are healed. The early early Israelites believed that they were healed because of what Jesus said was going to do, but they acted as though it's what he had already done. Faith. We're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for people here. Because we're going to stand. Healing, healing is ours. Healing is ours. Healing is yours. He has already healed you. So I'm going to pray. We're going to close out the service. And then we're going to have the elders come up and pray for folks, standing with folks, whatever. Because we are going to see manifestations. There's, there's stuff going on, man. There is stuff going on that as it starts to unfold, healing is going to be super important. Here's, here's, a, here's a phrase I kept hearing over and over in me all day today. As I was getting ready, I knew what I was going to preach. I kept hearing the, this phrase. Healing in you right now Healing in you right now is so important because the healing is not necessarily for you. The healing is for you to to go, hey, this stuff works. It happened in me. God has healed me. It's for you to take out to the world. And to have the faith to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. But to have the, you, you can go. Well, I, I have been healed, so let me pray for you because I know. I, I prayed for a guy one time who was a, who was a uh, uh, atheist, and I said, "Can I pray for your knee?" And he goes, "Well, I, I'm an atheist." And I said, "I don't care. I'm not. <laughs> I've been healed. I've seen God. I've, I've seen healings. I've prayed for people. Can I pray for you?" And he says, "Well, it can't hurt, right?" And I said, "No, it can't hurt." So I laid hands on his knee. It was was, The doctor had told him the only way it could be fixed was through a reconstructive surgery, and that was it. He was just going to keep getting worse if he didn't have surgery. I laid hands on him, prayed for him, and I said, how are you doing? He goes, still hurts. I went, okay, well, God God has healed you. He's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, And he left. A week later, the man walked in, no limp. I said, how's the knee? And he goes, I went to the doctor, and there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. And I said, Are you still an atheist? And he goes, No, I'm an agnostic. (laughs) And in case you don't know what an agnostic is, they're not sure what they believe, you know, they're not sure. Why? Because how could I even pray that? Because I've been healed. I've been healed. I've seen healing. I've seen healing in others. I can, by faith, pray for someone else. Because and it does. It isn't just me. He wants every one of you. That's the point. Is he wants you to have faith so that the next person you walk, you run into, whoever it may be, you can say, "Come here. Let me pray for you. I'd love to pray for you." Can I? I, I believe in healing. I believe God heals, and they can say the worst possible response. Well, I'm an atheist. Well, good. Because that'll be a sign unto you that God loves you and that He's real. And you've got to deal with this from now on. That guy has to deal with that from now on. Father, we thank You so much for all that You're doing in our lives. Thank You, Father, for healing us. Thank You, Father, for your word going forth and restoring our minds, helping us to understand the height, the width, the breadth, and the depth of your love and the depth of your salvation and the depth of your grace and the depth of your goodness. Thank you, Father, that you are opening our eyes, opening our heart. The eyes are open, ears are open, and hearts are open today to receive the Word, this seed that has been planted. I'm saying that this is good ground out here today. That you are good ground. And that by Jesus' stripes, you are healed. You are protected. You are supplied for. You are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.